Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Adopting Wellness. I'm Laura. And I'm Katie. And we are back together again. This is August 1st. Can't really believe it when we're recording this. Uh, The summer has flown. Laura, Uh, this is our 10th episode. Wild. I can't believe that. I know. We've we've done it. We're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we are super excited to be together again today. Um, We wanted to just send a message of gratitude to Kay. Um, Karen Len- Wangari Leonard, who um, has departed as our social media manager and is on to bigger and better things. There's many, many exciting things coming for her. She just announced that she's publishing a book. So Woo-woo! please go check that out. We'll have her page linked down below um, as we usually do. But she's uh, she's served us so well. And um, we just want to send her all the all the best wishes and we love you. Kay. We love you. Kay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> so, um, I'm looking at my best friend who has been through it the last few weeks. <laughs> Katie, I'm afraid to ask you this. because oh. I know it's a beating, but how are you doing? Can you give us an update? Well, I will say this is the first, um, virtual call that I have taken with my camera on. And for those that do not know, I was diagnosed with Bell's palsy three weeks ago and had gone to the ER because I noticed my smile was droopy. And over the course of that first week is when it really got bad. Um, my eye wouldn't close, which I still don't think it closes, but I'm, I have a lot more relief right now. And, you know, the whole left side of my face is just paralyzed. So I'm talking out of the right side of my mouth, which is why my voice is different. And I wanted to record because this is a part of my life, not Bill's palsy, but just unexpected illness. And I'm just, I'm really, unfortunately, kind of used to it. And uh, yeah, I, you guys, all the listeners are here for our health journeys and for your own. And uh, yeah, life moves on. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a lot more relief in my left eye. I was able to get some treatment from an ophthalmologist and it feels so much better. I don't have headaches anymore. And uh, I haven't seen a lot of improvement with the paralyzation, but definitely in my eye, which was the biggest burden, I think. Yeah. It's got to be painful to not be able to close your eye. I don't think you realize how many hundreds of millions of times you do that a day, right? Blink. Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Even when I thought I was blinking, it was not moving. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my gosh. So can you give me some, us some background to the listeners? I, I probably know the answer to this, but I just... You know, when you were talking about that you deal with unexpected illnesses, is that something that really you've been dealing with your whole life? Or do you feel like that's something that 
has come along with like diabetes or both or? Mm. I don't usually, I don't typically get sick very often, like flu sick. Sure. Um, I have normal allergies, but usually in the last maybe five years, I would get sick maybe once a year and it would be a big one. Yeah. Like it would take me weeks, months to recover. Gotcha. But it would be the only time that I would get sick. Yeah. Whereas this year in particular, I've been sick four times. I've been on antibiotics four times since March. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it feels like a beating over and over and over again. Um yeah. and I and I kind of wonder if there is a link between that and my care for my blood sugar as it comes down symptoms okay. are you know symptoms are there um and my body's getting used to having normal numbers mm-hmm. so i kind of wonder if it's that and my immune system's just down i don't know sure are there medications that they have you on cuz i know you you take a lot of meds do you think there are medications you they have you on that is impacting your immune system too cuz i know that can happen sometimes i don't know Honestly, yeah. I've been on three different antibiotics or like three different kinds of antibiotics yeah. out of the four. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> it's got to be so exhausting to just, I mean, it's funny. We started out this journey like talking about, oh, self-care, like we're really going to give it a go. And I feel like the universe was listening and was like, oh, <laughs> are we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny and ironic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Katie, the (laughs) self-care Olympics now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. How have you been? I'm pretty good. Um, I forced myself to take some time off since the last time we talked and Mm -hmm. that has been really nice. Um, I am back at it. Um, I'm starting to feel a little bit of, restlessness and burnout, I think with work, which happens from time to time. Um, and I think it's just stress related, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, um, needing to also, I'll say this, you know, as a therapist, and I think this is good for all of us that have any sort of job where we care for people, which is more jobs than we think, right? Like certainly being a parent, but also just if you interact with people and you have any sort of work team that you work with, you're in the business of caring for people, whether Mm -hmm. you may feel that burden or not. And I think something that I'm having to remind myself is, and I think people think therapists don't do this, but we do, is we don't have to take it on, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's, it's not my responsibility that my clients are okay, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, that sounds, it might sound a little callous, but I just, what I mean by that is my job is to be there with them and show up, but how my clients are doing is not, you know, I, I I don't have that kind of power (laughs) where I can like, you know, make their lives better. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I mean, it's with any kind of relationship, you know, you don't, someone's actions Mm -hmm. are their actions. You're not responsible for what they choose to do. Right. Or say. 
it's hard though. And I think this is a common thing for adoptees because I hear this a lot with, within my adoptee friends, but we often feel really responsible past the point of which, what is actually our responsibility, you know? Mm. And it's easy to take that on that burden. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's deeply connected to a lot of adoptees being people pleasers. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think it's a coincidence. A lot of us end up in the helper fields because of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've said frequently to people before, like, I don't think I became a therapist because I'm an adoptee. I think, I think I have a skill set that I have that I wouldn't if I weren't adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, but skills are supposed to be things that we choose and that we can turn on and off and that we can, you know, sort of stay present to how we're also feeling. And one of the things I think I've really learned in the last five years, especially is the importance of, you know, being present and being able to utilize a skill of what, of being a therapist without denying my needs at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, and that takes energetic balance. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like you become a therapist and all of a sudden you have all this energy and space for other people's emotions. You have to make space for that. And so that's a constant sort of like, where am I at? Where are my clients at? And where, you know, how many people am I working with? What are, what is, what are their cases like? Things like that. And so it's just really an important practice for all of us. And I'm, I think I'm at one of those points where I just need to reevaluate and really think about how do I rebalance myself within mm-hmm. that, within those demands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really common. Um, I guess my question is, I know a lot of people that have experienced burnout, mm-hmm. myself included, at different points in my life. And how, I guess one is like, what are preventative ways to not burn out? And then if you are at burnout, what do you do next? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's such a personal thing. I'd love to know how you've dealt with it. And too, I, I think for me, it's just listening to myself, you know, mm. just mm-hmm. trying to have a, a practice of checking in and really seeing where am I at? You know, because life is not, you know, stagnant. There's always changes. And especially when you add a kid to the mix, like we have, you know, in my family, then that changes demands from, from me. And as he's going through things and he's two, so the emotional <laughs> roller coaster is, is here. And so, you know, we're just trying, I'm trying to stay present to that. I'm also trying, I don't want to get to the point where I resent any part of my life, myself, my son, my marriage, my job. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so I think it's just a check-in process, but also sometimes it is saying no. Sometimes it is like, you know, having a carved space. And so often people make that like some kind of judgment call on, oh, well, if you can handle more then you're a better person. And it's just, mm. you know, I just yeah. have to remind myself that's not true. You know? Yeah. It's like that grind culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you are super uh, human if you can take on as much as possible and still give the quote unquote successful 
results. Yeah. 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 It's exhausting. It is exhausting and it's just not sustainable. I think it's, I also don't think we talk very much as a culture and should about how normal it is to have periods every year, if not every few months of just lower energy, you know? It doesn't mean you have depression. It doesn't mean you're, you know, lazy or whatever. It's just, it's just life. It's just. Yeah. I feel that every day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about you? So you said you've experienced burnout and I feel like we've talked a little bit about this, but what do you think would prevent you from getting to that place again? I think what you said is similar to what I would do, which is making sure that I have the space for myself. So I think oftentimes we just want to pack in as much as possible, like to be efficient, to have the social life, to just do so many things. And for me as an introvert, I really need my alone time and need time to myself. And so as we've talked about, I'm really good at saying no to a lot of things. And part of that is a sacrifice, I think, um, in me saying no to going out. I don't have a lot of friends or close friends here. And I think that that is hard to balance for me. But I think it's necessary because if I don't get that alone time or time for myself, then I will start burning out because I'll I'll invest all of my time and energy into I don't know, extra stuff. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, doing what other people want you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling that obligation. Yeah. And I think the obligation is so that's one of the things that people talk about when we talked about what fog stands for. Some people have said it's an acronym for fear, obligation, and guilt. And I do think the mind blowing that there's an acronym out there. And I I know I, I don't know. I, this is not an exact science, this whole like adoptee business. It's ridiculous. But I do remember hearing that and thinking, oh God, yeah. Like there is so much of the adoptee experience that is rooted in in those feelings and that obligation for me keeps me, I think it kept me for a long time believing it was okay for me to have my own needs outside of what other people around me wanted and needed, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it kept me from being even capable of checking in with myself. Like yeah. I did, I didn't have that practice. I think a lot of us don't have that practice. We have to learn that, which yeah. is normal. But I think maybe people that aren't adopted don't have the same, they may not have the same weight that mm. we might have of that obligation and that guilt mm-hmm. and fear. So, because I, I think that um, guilt is so powerful. Mm. And so much energy goes into it. And I was just thinking about how often as an adoptee, I I think the lens in which I see the world, which is an adoptee lens, I have lived a lot of my life through guilt Mm -hmm. 
or fear of doing something wrong and feeling guilty because of it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of my adoptee experience. Yeah. And I don't quite know why. Maybe it's this automatic feeling of feeling like it's my fault all the time. Yeah, I don't I, you and I are both adopted as infants. Yeah. And so I wonder sometimes about that experience being something that you, you don't we don't we and neither of us have answers necessarily or I I have answers now that I am in reunion I think of what was going on with my family of origin you don't have those answers and both of right. us lived a majority of our life without that so I think I think one thing that has to happen with that kind of loss as far as from first families is you have to make sense of it because that's how we're set up to deal with grief, right? We, we kind of make sense of it. We have to store it in some way. We have to deal with that. And I feel like for very young children, it's a normal thing for them to, to sort of make that about, uh, about them, you know, mm. that there's something that they did wrong. Because mm. if you really kind of think about it, I think it, it actually makes the world feel safer. It's like, okay, well, the world must, the world can still stay a safe place. It's just, I did something wrong. And so that's, that's how this happened. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I have memories of being really young, which is kind of rare, but being really young and having stomach pain for days because mm -hmm. I felt guilty about something mm -hmm. that I had no reason to feel guilty about. Yep. But even just the thought of getting in trouble or reprimanded was so terrifying. Yeah. Which is crazy because I never got punished, maybe like twice in my life. But just the fear of it is what really got me. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I I mean, I think I I relate to that so much. I you know, I remember my parents telling me I was always a very sensitive child. I think many of us are, but also that's just how some people are born. They're just more sensitive. Um and I remember my parents telling me how upset I would get when they would correct me and how it just seemed to be almost like life-threatening and heightening mm. for me. And I think again, if you are forced to make sense of a, of a nonsensical type of situation like family separation, it's easier to, in some ways to our, probably in, to us, like in our psyche, right. To take it on and try to try to make it your responsibility that nothing bad happens to you again, you know? Mm -hmm. And really we train kids to kind of believe stuff like that because we want, you know, especially in the eighties and nineties when we grew up, it was like, Oh, if you're good, like, you know, Santa Claus will come and, yeah, right. you know, There's we will ground you and exactly. <laughs> so all of this like sort of arbitrary stuff that only works on really young kids. Like we really know that as a society and we, you, we use that against kids sometimes, not necessarily for like malintent, but just, you know, to get kids to kind of listen and do what we want or need them to do. But I think it's easy for that type of thinking to just perseverate on, you know, when we don't have anything to replace it with. 
you mm. know? Yeah. I'm on one today. Sorry. My brain is like, I had way too much iced coffee this morning. Speaking <laughs> of self-care. Mine is the exact opposite. It's operating at even slower pace than normal. So. Well, you have very good reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> good news. I got my insulin pump today. Oh, good. Yeah. I got a whole box full of <laughs> um, supplies. It, yeah. It feels exciting um, to start using it in a few weeks. I'm, I'm not doing the training until a few weeks. But I am so excited because good. I can't imagine what my life will be with controlled blood sugars. Yeah. Did you have, remind me, you had uh, one installed, right? Did Are you replacing it with a different one? I have a continuous glucose monitor. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is so an actual pump. Yeah. Gotcha. This is an insulin pump. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So That's this is life changing. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Not just for blood sugar, but also like it's something I have to connect to my body right and it has a tube so I, it has to connect literally latch on yeah um so i've bought some supplies for that but wow yeah. so, i know so I know. you'll be able to use like i assume an app or some yeah. something to basically tell it how much insulin to give you rather than having to exactly. inject yourself every time exactly amazing yeah. i know right <gasps> i am Love that. so excited that's so good yeah yeah how has your mental health been recently mm -hmm. especially coming off of having it what feels like months of you having guests at your house yes. yeah yeah um, they just, just left nonstop. yesterday <laughs> oh my god that's crazy just non-stop yeah. Since I was there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's been amazing. I mean, we're so, and I, I'm not saying this out of obligation. I genuinely mean this, but like, it is amazing. We have so many friends and family that want to visit us. And mm -hmm. I feel really blessed to have that kind of network and family. It's amazing. And I think, I think it's kind of, it's been interesting. It's kind of forced me into this place where I kind of just again, speaking of obligation, of having to just kind of be like, okay, I know we have guests, but I really need to just go upstairs and have 10 minutes to myself right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think there's something about having a two-year-old, like having a kid where you're like, it's easier to do because <laughs> mm -hmm. they can, they can hang out with him and you don't feel like you need to entertain them in the same yes. way that maybe you used to. So, so it's been amazing. Um, I will say that my, anxiety, I think in general has gotten a little bit better again, because I'm trying to be very consistent with this workout thing. And I know that that really helps me. Mm. Um, I've had some, yeah, just like normal stressors and been able to navigate that for the most part, um, pretty well. And I think, I, I, I think it's funny, like looking back, I really think that that's what it's been has been just taking some time to myself mm -hmm. with or without guests being present. And, um, that's been really good. It doesn't even have to be for a long time. Um, I've also been reading a lot more than I was there mm -hmm. for a while for fun. Mm -hmm. And that's been really good. Um, 
it gives me something to focus on and really enjoy and lose myself in a book in a, like a good way, you know, mm-hmm. like, especially mm-hmm. with anxiety where you tend to perseverate on things. It's nice yeah. to have something like that to really be able to focus on and, and, um, take you away out of anything you can't control or yeah. So that's been really good. Um, Winnie, however, Winnie, Winnie's anxiety has gotten worse. Oh gosh. She is weird. I mean, she's, she's always been an interesting dog. So when we got Winnie, she came from a foster home with like five or six other dogs. And it was a really, that sounds like a hoarding situation. It was not, it was a very people, very good with dogs, um, good with crate training behavior, all of that stuff. So she was very well behaved, very used to other dogs when we got her and she immediately attached to our bigger dog gunner. Mm. And then last summer we lost gunner and we're actually coming up on one year from the loss of gunner. And I've just seen Winnie's anxiety, like go up and up and her behavior Mm. feels like it's kind of like degrading a little bit. And, um, my babysitter has a couple dogs of her own that she'll bring over and let Winnie play with like in the backyard. And she has such a good time. And she literally like tries to go home with my babysitter. And I think it's because she wants dog friends. I know. So we're actually, I'm in the process of trying to convince my husband (laughs) to, Go find a friend for Winnie. Uh-huh. We're I like gonna, this idea. Yeah. We're going to go meet a dog tomorrow. We'll see. And <gasps> um, we'll see how it goes. It's a rescue dog who it's actually an organization that brings street dogs up from Mexico. Oh, wow. And so, but he's been here several months and vaccinated and fixed and all of that. Um, and, you know, he seems super chill, but it all depends on how they get along, you know? So um, that's so exciting. Yeah. I hope it works out and we just want her to be happy. And, you know, I mean, I know you're the same as, as I am, like my dogs are my family members. Yes. So if my family member is suffering, yes, I want to do something to help. Yes. So that, you know, I, I would really love a chill dog. (laughs) I really (laughs) not like a puppy that we have to potty train and whatever. So he's like, I think he's like nine or 10 months old. Maybe I know he's might be, no, sorry. He's almost two. So he's, that's a good age. Yeah. Crate train house trained. So we'll see, you know, but that's kind of what I would like is a dog that might be a little bit potentially more seamless into the house and not like high energy and crazy and you know I understand that yeah so we'll see but wow yeah how's Luna oh she's just sighing in the background right now because (laughs) she's been waiting to go outside all day and yeah she is great normal you know lives lives her best life with soft blankets and pillows mm-hmm. and you know I cover her up with a blanket yep when she goes to bed yeah you can't see Winnie right now but she's on the bed on <laughs> a blanket yeah yep wow our fur children yeah yeah it's amazing how much um 
animals are a part of our lives. Yeah. And I think there's something about this, like, unspoken relationship you can have with an animal that you don't have to explain to them, but you do have to explain to humans about how you feel. And it's, I don't know. Luna just always knows. Yeah. How I feel. She does. Sometimes Always. when you tell me that she has stomach issues, I want to be like, Katie, what are you stressed about? Because I'm worried that <laughs> Luna's like absorbed your stress or something. I know that sounds silly, but. It's very possible. I mean, she, I think she is a very sensitive dog. Yeah. Um, to that. And um, yeah, a lot of people have, have said that she's like a therapy dog. She's so cute. Without the training. Well, Luna, uh, Luna and Winnie have different, different things. I think Winnie is, Winnie has separation anxiety. That's been her big thing. And I think Mm -hmm. it's turning into like just generalized anxiety at this point. So, (laughs) you know, but it's funny because sometimes I think they just, they parallel us, you know, like I've struggled with anxiety most of my life. Um, you know, Mm Mm-hmm. It is nice to have a little person that know a little fur person that knows you and that I think that obligation other than the basic, you know, meeting the basic needs, all they want is just to be around you, you know? I know. That's the best part. That's all they want. Yeah. And they, they don't really care what you're doing. If you're going to no. fold laundry, they'll sit at your feet. If you're going to watch whatever show, they're going to watch it with you. If you're going to go on a walk, oh my God, I can't wait to come with, you know, like yeah. they're down even, for whatever. Even if their bodies are a thousand degrees, they want to be on top of you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a weighted blanket? <laughs> Just get yourself a 50 plus pound boxer. Yep. It's fine. Yep. This is There's fine. your weighted blanket. Yeah. I don't like weighted blankets, actually. Yeah. They're, I feel like I knew that about you. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to be warm. Yeah. Like, You're I always warm, be, aren't you? Yeah. 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 See, I'm, I'm always cold. So it works yeah. out. Yeah. But yes, I hear you. Um, What else? Oh, we're, we are trying to get our guests scheduled, but it's been, as always, you know, we got to get people on the same page. It's a challenge. So if we come back in a couple weeks and we don't have a guest, we will, we promise. This is our first month back having a guest. Yes. So end of the month, we will be interviewing really excited about our lineup for the rest of the year. Yes. And Um, Yeah, and we'll still do our solos at the beginning of the month. Yes, we will. We're excited for that, too. Yeah. It's going to be really good. Yeah. Super excited. Um, Well? Well, Laura? Well, Katie? (laughs) Shall we? We shall. (laughs) Um, Everyone out there, take care of yourselves, whatever that looks like for you, and... Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing everyone soon. Okay, bye. Yeah.